Hi there. Welcome back to another episode of Chappy Chats. It's been an interesting week. And what I want to talk to you about this week has been on my mind for a long time. But it just came to a head with this point of history that we're in. You see, we seem to be in a point of history where mankind is facing a pivotal issue. And that issue is simply this. Are there such things as a universal, moral, ethical standard that was created outside of mankind by the person that created mankind? Or is there only what we create ourselves? Now, this has been an ongoing discussion for a long time. It really came to light, though, in the late 17th, early 18th century, and then continued on all the way through now the 21st century. And the idea was that the only way for man to be totally, truly free was to be free from all restraints of society or God in many cases, because it was the very restrictions placed on man by God and society that is preventing him from being his authentic self is the word they use today. And so where we are now in our culture today is that we perceive everything from ourself. Everything emanates out from ourself. Everything is what we think, what we feel, what we perceive to be good, right, and allowable. Now that presents a problem, and that's what I want to address today. I want to address a problem that I see as if there is no standard, if there is no rule, does it not then boil down to who's the fastest, who's the biggest, who's the meanest, or in another way of putting it, he who owns the gold makes the rules. I do not believe it is that way or should be that way. But I think to understand it for all of us that are Christians or call ourselves Christians, we need to understand how we got here. And how we got here is we missed a very important thing about sin. Let me explain. You see, when I grew up, Sin was always a list of things that you were not to do. You were not to cuss. You were not to drink. You were not to lie. You were not to steal. I know what you're thinking. Preacher, chappy, whatever you call yourself, don't you understand that we shouldn't do those things? I absolutely understand that we should not do those things, along with a myriad of many other things that are now allowed in society because we have determined we're in charge. We have determined that we know best for ourselves and that it is all about what we feel and perceive. That's the problem, though. The real issue is not whether things are lawful or not lawful. Paul said, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are expedient. And I've often wondered what he meant by that, and I'm sure the Greek scholars can tell me all about it, but one thing God has shown me is that There are many things in society I can do, but they're not all good for me. They're not good for my future, my present. They're not good for life beyond this life, and I should consider not doing them. But that's where we've missed, and what I want to challenge you with today is to quit thinking of sin as an action or an activity. Rather, begin to think of sin in its purest, boiled-down root form is rebellion against God. And that's where we are today in culture. We believe that God has lied to us, has withheld from us, 
is not giving us all the things we need to be happy. Now, this is nothing new. Go back and read scriptures, and you see that the serpent came, and his very essence of the lie was, God's holding out. He knows you will be just like him, and God couldn't stand it if you were just like him. So he's holding out on you. And in spite of all the blessings of perfection that were in the garden, it was that fact that Eve believed she was being held out on, having been deceived with that lie, that she bought into it. We look at Israel as a nation. We want a king. We want to be like everybody else. That was rebellion against God. So what I want you to think about this week is, if you call yourself a Christian and you say you're following God, I don't want you to think so much about your sin list that you have hanging somewhere in the back traces of your mind. I want you to think about where you're rebelling against God, His purposes, His principles. You know, many of us say, don't lie, cheat, steal, don't go out and have sex with someone you're not married to, and all these other things, don't play cards, don't dance. But do we pay as much attention to, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness? and all these things will be added unto you. Do we put as much emphasis on pray without ceasing? How about the interest of others more than our own interest? You see, all of us, I believe, have a top 10 sin list, and we all sin in different ways because none of us are perfect. But we've been trying to ascribe to perfection in a wrong way. We've been trying to be perfect by not doing the most heinous of the list on our list of sins. And in reality, what we've done is we've turned into the second prodigal. You know, we hear about the prodigal son, and he's the one that went off and had a life that involved what society calls loose women and drinking and probably some gambling. Maybe the picture you get is in an Old West saloon with the saloon girls and the gambling table going on, or maybe you get a picture of that gambling picture of the dog sitting around playing cards with a cigar smoke. But we have that picture that he just went out and wasted everything. And he comes home and the father forgives him because he was not in rebellion anymore to the father. He came home. He recognized he needed to be with the father. That what the father was trying to teach him, tell him, lead him into was really best for his life. So the second son shows up, the one I call the second prodigal. And he's all upset because this son of yours went out and spent all your money and lived totally against you. And you are celebrating with him. You never celebrated with me. You never gave me an opportunity to have a party with my friends. And he became the second prodigal because he didn't realize that he had lived the whole time in the graciousness of the father. He had lived within the supportive element of his father. He had no wants. He had no needs. He had all that he needed. But because he wanted more, he became as rebellious to the father as the son who went out and lived a wanted life. So that's what we need to think about this week. How are we rebelling against God? Don't go down the list and say, well, I didn't cheat on my taxes like I know my neighbor did. I didn't sleep with my best friend's wife. I've never taken drugs. I've never lied, which would be a lie in the first place because we all mislead people from time. And after all, misleading people is really what lying is all about. So I want you to think about that this week. Realize that all of us are a sinner in need of a Savior. And begin to love people not for what they're doing or not doing, 
but love them because God created them just like you. Be that light of God that when you mess up, you own up and show them that it's not about perfection, but it's about preference, preferring God over yourself, preferring others before yourself, because that's what the Christian life is all about is a life of service. We talk in the church about agape love, and we hardly ever understand it. We say that Jesus loved with agape love, and he did, because he had everything in heaven, and he gave it all up to come down and live to show us how to live. Because agape love is not just talk, it's action. And it's a specific action to create the betterment of others, even if it cost us. And that's certainly what Jesus did. He sacrificed for us because he loved us so much. Hey, thanks for listening this week. I hope you have a great and wonderful week, that it is surrounded by the protection of the Father, full of his blessings, and I'll talk to you again soon.